Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Walking Strong with Bill Armstrong. Of course, I am Billy Embody, but just letting you guys know, this one with Bill and I went a little long. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of our interview with Paul Rasmussen, the senior minister of Highland Park United Methodist Church, for his story on how he got involved with SMU basketball, dating all the way back to the Larry Brown era. So we hope you enjoy this interview. As always, check check out our friends at Epic epicwines.com. You can also check out the Pony Express case, epicwines.com slash pony and use code pony for free shipping. Guys, hope you guys enjoy this interview with Paul Rasmussen in our latest edition of Walking Strong, talking SMU basketball with Paul Rasmussen. This is the On the Pony Express podcast, hosted by Billy Embody, brought to you by Epic Estate Wines, walking strong on the Pony Express, a weekly segment with SMU alum, owner, vintner of Epic Estate Wines, Bill Armstrong. Epic Estate Wines, world-class wines from Paso Robles Wine Country. Learn more, Epic, E-P-O-C-H, epicwines.com. And now your host. And now your host, Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Walking Strong with Bill Armstrong. A special edition here, Bill. Oh, we got a great one. We got a great one today. We got a special guest. I got to say, I'm a little nervous. You know, know, I'm a little nervous because, by the way, our special guest, Paul Rasmussen, senior minister at Highland Park United Methodist Church. Proud SMU grad. You must have run out of guests if you're going into the well of <laughs> pastors. You're bringing All, pastors I, I, on the show I, I now. Know. Well, Joel Osteen canceled, canceled at the last second. He wasn't available. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if he watches this podcast and he hears me call you my my favorite pastor, it might really bum him out. <laughs> I'll tell him you're my favorite church member. <laughs> yeah. By the way, yesterday... Uh, you, you crushed that sermon yesterday. Hey, it was good to see you there. You were all was, decked out in your I, I was black. there. I was in black for a change. I never wear black. And I was oh, I know. Yeah, it was cold day out there Isn't in Dallas. impressive? You were in the running for best dress <laughs> in the chapel. You were. Well, was, I'm always afraid that when I when I walk into a church that lightning might come out of the sky and just like <laughs> take me out. So. Billy, you're not nearly as scared as I am <laughs> when you walk in the church. <laughs> when I walk in yeah, the church. I brace for impact. <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly, clearly we were, we were good friends. <laughs> Let me tell you guys a little bit about my man. And this is our, our first podcast that we talk almost exclusively about basketball. Yeah. Which good, is good uh, great. We told uh, – we have dozens of fans. <laughs> <laughs> and we normally do these podcasts. Have you seen? I've sent them all to you. I've seen them. Uh, uh, you know, good. Uh, before each, each week and after each game. And but uh, there was an uprising of our dozens of fans that said we got to we got to have more podcasts. You got to show, show some love. Show some love. Got to have something on the off season, and we got to show the we got to show the basket with the basketball some love. David Miller doesn't do the podcast, and he's the boss hog of the basketball program. <laughs> I'm kind of the boss hog of the football program, but uh, I'm a massive basketball fan, just like you are. Yeah. So let's. Um, first of all, we have wine today. Oh, and um, but you're not drinking. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I've already had for, uh, <laughs> We're going to use Epic as the sacramental this wine. somewhat and, and holy. A, yeah, you know, can you, say, can you say a blessing over this? Anyway, this is our, um, what is this? What is it? Yeah, 2018 this? authenticity. Is this from your, from your place? From my place. And I call Epic. it, I call it Epic, yeah. So I call it uh, authenticity because you're the most authentic guy I know. Are these selling well? You sell well? Oh, this sells like 
Like, you making any like, money? For this, this sells like cucumbers at a women's prison. Well, then you need to increase your giving to the church. <laughs> of course. Hey, if you're drinking this wine, drink more epic so Bill can give more to the church. That's we'll what we extra need to in do. the pot each week. Hey, listen. I, I, hey, since we're talking about wine and with a, with with a pastor, yeah, you know the first miracle. Yeah, turning water into wine. You know where that was? Uh, Cana. Cana. I've been there. See, he knows his biblical stuff. I thought you were going to say Paso. You've been there. I've been so, there. I've renewed my own wedding vows there, and I have renewed the wedding vows of dozens of people there. At Cana. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. So cool uh, you want to tell the first story of the, of the first miracle you want me to? Go ahead. Well, I don't really know as well as you do, I'm sure. <laughs> it's okay. But uh, Fact check they, were at this, they were at this wedding, uh, Jesus, Mary, and it was a wedding, I think, of some of Mary's relatives. Yes. Uh, and uh, they ran out of wine. And Jesus turns to, or excuse me, Mary turns to Jesus and said, hey, do what you do, baby. And uh, <laughs> I think it's close well, to what I mean, she said. Close, saying. close. I yeah. mean, I've got to bring it up to the current age, right? Do what you do, baby. And, uh, <laughs> and so then he uh, turned the, the water into wine. That was his first miracle. But, you know, I was, I was thinking about this on the way to, before I saw you here today, that couldn't have been the first miracle. Because how did Mary know he could turn the water into wine? <laughs> well, that's a good question, but it's the first miracle we have documented. And the first one public, supposedly. Yeah. But I got to figure he was so at the house. I, I figure some... he was at the house a lot of times, and Mary's like, come on. He's in his early 30s at that point. Was so he in the he, early? I was wondering how old he, he was. Probably so he was, legal. He was, he was legal. he was legal. He was legal. <laughs> okay. legal. And uh, so I got to figure that, that you know, Mary knew he was going to do it. And I heard, you, know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that the way it used to be is you have the best wine first at a party. Correct. And then as the party went, went on and everybody, you know, got lubricated, you would start bringing out the, the <laughs> you'd start bringing out the lesser, the lesser wines. <laughs> the non-epic and, wine. And then yes. when Jesus turned the water to wine, it was the best wine of the night. That's, that could be construed that way. Yeah, that's the way. That's yeah. the way I read it in the Bible. Yeah, you have a different version. Well, that's why you read the Bible. You kind of assess your own, however it speaks to you, and if it spoke to you in that way, and that's what you focused on. Hey, that's good. <laughs> it's usually, they have the actually, I, I, actually, first. actually, I read it. I read it in the Wikipedia this morning. So. <laughs> the Wikipedia version. The Wikipedia that one version. Real nice. Right? Okay, but yeah. uh, anyway, I'm sure that the wine that he probably produced was maybe an epic equivalent. You know, I don't know. What do you think, Billy? It's pretty darn good. And my boy Paul's not drinking. This is something he decided to not drink since he was basically ever. Right? Well, you're telling me 56 years sober, and I'm 56. You're 56. You never never had it. So, man, I've never had a drop. It's a weird thing. It's it's an odd deal. I'm an anomaly. But uh, yeah, we've talked about that before. But it's not moral. It's not religious. Okay. I was just surrounded by a host of alcoholics. Oh, really? Oh. Talk about epic, different kind of epic. Um, but yeah, legendary alcoholics in the Rasmussen family. Oh, no kidding. So it runs in the, it runs, the gene must I mean, run it's, in, the, it's, in the pool. It's deep, long, and wide in terms of alcohol. And, and, and you, saw the, you saw the nightmare in December. Um, I'm not doing this. Sort of yeah, on a serious note, yeah, a ton of alcoholism. Lost a brother. Oh, uh, damn, dude. Uh, my brother, other brother was in dozens of wrecks, in and out of jail. Father had all kinds of problems. Sister's an alcoholic. Mm. Uh, so all my buddies started drinking in, in Louisiana. You go pretty hard, pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Yeah. In about twelve or thirteen, all my buddies started drinking. I don't. I, I still don't know why, but I made a decision. I thought I'm just going to sit it out for one year. Wow. My freshman year in high school, I thought I'm going to sit it out for one year and see what happens. See if I had fun. 
see if I have dates. Right. <laughs> see, you know, see, if, see how this whole thing works, and it, it worked. And I, I ended up having the time of my life. And I had at the end of that year, I hadn't, I hadn't, hadn't had a drop. Right. And so I thought, well, I just ride this out. No need to start now. So I just oh, never started. But uh, yes, yeah, so a lot of people when they find that out think it's either moral or religious. But it's, okay, because I was curious why you didn't. Because I know uh, I know your wife drinks. No, nah, yeah, she so, does. Yeah. She loves a good wine. She yeah. loves your wine. Yeah. Loves your wine. I love sharing. Um, yeah, she's a big fan of the wine. Um, I just thought I'd take it off the table as any potential risk. Yeah. By the way, you know what? You know, you know, you know, you know, you're you're going to have cancer. You just kind of take it off the table. Absolutely. You know, there yeah. you go. You know, um, you know who the first wine producer was, don't you? It's in the Bible. It's in Genesis. You caught me there. Noah. No kidding? Kid you not. He was also the first known alcoholic. Can we verify this? First, first known alcoholic. He read it. I read, I read it today. I yeah, he was. A, before this morning. He had a little problem with the juice. He had a problem with the juice. Noah yeah. did. Yeah. Well, if you hang around that many animals all the time, you probably have a problem <laughs> with the juice. He had a big too. problem with the juice. Yeah. Not one of his shortcomings for sure. But he was the first producer of wine? Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go back and look that up. That was, like, that was, that was like, what, 6,000 B.C.? No, for it's been a while. so four thousand BC. You did spend some time on the Wikipedia. Well, was, I didn't want to like look like I was non-biblical around you today. <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of be all wrong. We can't just just talk about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we could talk just about basketball, but by the way, I want to talk about basketball. I want to tell everybody, you're an SAE at SMU. Phi Alpha. Phi <laughs> Alpha. What the hell is that? Phi Alpha. Stuck between buddy. two Fijis now. It's, it's, oh, <laughs> he's a right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Fiji yep. and Fiji? Yeah. Uh-huh. He was president. Oh, he was president of the Fiji House. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, no. I was, I was an SAE right here. I can't there, believe you're a, you're a sober SAE. That, that, I mean, that's even, <laughs> One and only. that's even more rare than a pastor coming out of the <laughs> yeah. SAE House. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What does your fraternity brothers think when you said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go be a minister? <laughs> well, they, uh, at first they freaked out and now they laugh because they've, they, they've seen me in all kinds of situations <laughs> some of which were pre-ministry uh i probably wouldn't talk about a whole lot uh, but you know they were great i that was kind of the same deal as it was in high school I, I had a great time loved it and obviously surrounded by a bunch of crazy guys oh yeah um, you keep in touch with those guys they, you know they they kind of respected me never tried to force it on me whatever we had a good time and i ended up driving a oh there you go ton of cars you're you're the you're the i've driven every you're, brand you're of uber car before uber was yeah. around yeah, as the designated driver for four years at SMU, uh, <laughs> I've driven every kind of brand of car possible. <laughs> but I tell you, it wasn't fun, though, because um, we used to have this thing called the SA 400, and you had to go in a room, and probably wasn't legal, but you had to go in a room, and you had to drink 400 cups of beer. And oh, that definitely was not legal. Don't tell uh, yeah. Gerald, Gerald, you didn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and so but we would go in there, and they would have all these tables set up with beer. And for my table, they would have a private table for me, and it was full of water, cups of water. Mm. Well, as it turns out, you cannot chug yeah. water. Yeah. And so all my buddies were chugging and having a great time, and I'm over there throwing up because I can't get any more down. Too, too much water. Oh, thought, no kidding. Thought, yeah. something I've wrong never here. heard of that. Waterboarding. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I thought, something's wrong here. They're having fun, and I'm over here suffering for the cause, uh, for a brotherhood. Uh, and, yes, yeah, so I used to have to slam water whenever they would have to slam beer. And I, yeah, it, I didn't it, know you couldn't slam water. You, well, yeah, you let can. me assure you, yeah. you cannot. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I've tried. I've, I've done the other a lot. But <laughs> I can mix in a water every time again. I need to do that a little it's bit It's just better. all dense, and I don't know, but it was, uh, yeah, so that was part of my blood chip back in the day. Oh, wow. how'd, you, how'd you come from Shreveport over to SMU, end up in SAE? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. I, I wanted to go to the University of North Carolina. That was kind of my dream school, but they did not, turns out, want me at all. 
Uh, so I applied early decision, got rejected. Then I applied regular decision, got rejected. And my, my father and aunt had gone here. And we were SMU fans from Shreveport, just 180 miles up the road. And uh, First football game was the 83 Cotton Bowl with uh, Dan Marino. And freezing um, cold, raining. I was there. It was a cold. It was a great game. Um, it was fun, though. So I, I, I was an SMU fan growing up. I just I kind of wanted to go to Carolina because of basketball. Um, but I, I didn't get in. And so I didn't have many backup schools, but I had SMU. And... We went on all the tours I went to um, to look at colleges, you know, Vanderbilt, Emory, Swanee, you know, all these places. You, you did the tour and you got interviewed and you had to, when we came to SMU, we had all that stuff scheduled, but we didn't do any of it. I had an old high school buddy who was an SA, a junior, two years ahead of me, and we, my mom dropped us off at the SA house. We stayed there for about 24 hours. She picked us up and we said, yep, this is where we're going. <laughs> She said, well, how was the interview? And how was the, I said, we didn't, we did not see the campus. All we saw was the SA house <laughs> and a few of the surrounding uh, pubs. You know, but look, you did, and we literally maybe, got in the car. one of the best things that ever happened I said, to you. mom, here's you where I said, You should send a thank you note to your University of North Carolina. So thank you for not letting <laughs> so, me in. Yeah, well, so actually it worked out well. One of those weird things. You never know I things are going to work out, but it worked out. And I'm still here, I don't know. What is it? Forty something years later, whatever. It's unbelievable, and you're doing you're doing fabulous job at HBU, um, HBUMC, man. Oh, I I've mean, been, it's, I've been it's really good. Is that the um, is that the largest United Methodist Church in the country? Uh, it kind of depends on how you measure. A lot of people measure by either attendance or church membership, and uh, but basically we're the second largest. There's a big second. one in Kansas City, Church of the Resurrection, but we're okay. the second largest. Well, that's something um, else. But yeah. uh, it's a good. Really wonderful place to show up for work, and we do a lot of good things. Oh, that's great. And you you commonly walk campus before you're when you're working on your sermons because you call me and yeah. ask me for help occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> what do like, you do this I'm weekend? Like, what Bill? are you doing? You're running out of ideas completely yeah. if you're calling me up. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to look for illustrations of sinning. So. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I knew that was coming. Why Find out what's the latest in sinning. What's the most current sinning out there? Uh, like you tell no, me all no, the I time, call you though. Look, Jesus, Jesus call you. hangs out with the sinners and the saints alike. Oh, man. Right? Let me tell you, there's no question. Billy Joel said they were more fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he could have been right. Um, I do walk the Come campus. Out I walk Virginia. the campus all the time. Walk out the campus all the time. And... Uh, yeah, I just lost my dog, my walking buddy, so I don't know what I'm going to do about that. But um, I've been walking a ton, and I love the camp. It's a great place to That is gorgeous, isn't it? Oh, I mean, better and better each each year. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. just the, you know, the landscaping here is just crazy. And you've been around. You've been around. And you see other campuses. Uh, I'd put it up there. It's, it's got to be in the top five. Easily. I think it has been rated number one. Now, this campus I mean, there's easily, weird ratings. But I know it's I, subjective, it's, yeah. but yeah. if you walk on this campus, what's not to like? I agree. And we're doing a great job of keeping the architecture consistent. Yeah. You know, if you go to UT, you can't even tell when you're on the campus, off campus, because the buildings are all different, you know, decades <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah, blah, blah. Different style. This is all super organized and yeah, very, this very, is, uh, very well done. And when they do put in beautiful buildings, they match. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the Armstrong Field. You've got a couple yeah. of them. Yeah. Or the Armstrong Commons. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a name on my building, but you, you have a couple well, of them. You're. <laughs> You got a really big building. <laughs> You're like a corner building on campus. So, hey, let's talk about basketball. Hey, you want to? look, well, look, where, where, are we, where are we right now? Moody Magic. The great Moody Magic Moody is back. Coliseum. That was right here. On Sunday. I mean, last yesterday was that ridiculous or what? That was a beatdown we put on Tiger High. I mean, it was just something else. I mean, I didn't see that. We, I talked to you after the sermon, and you were like, "One well, man, they're tough." 
They're good because they're good and they're big. Well, they're so talented. Yeah. I mean, they're so Memphis is so talented. They got two or three NBA guys, first rounders, and on on paper you think, well, oh, man, this, this is going to be a rough yeah. rough night. But uh, yeah, we played them there. Probably had a, had a chance to win up fifteen. Gave it up, the buzzer beater. But uh, it was nice to get them back. Oh, that's right. I forgot that we lost on the road in a, on that buzzer beater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were right, but it was, yesterday was good, good, good to get them back. I just, I love the way Lanier has his boys play. Oh, I mean, they hard. are really play hard. I yeah. mean, because I agree with you. I look at I look at man on man. You look at the Tigers and you say, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. But, man, we are scrambling for every loose ball. <laughs> and uh, even when they're, you know, undersized. I mean, look at Williamson. He went right to the net a couple of times and just like, yeah. you know. You know, Sam Williamson, he's, uh, to me, he's a combo like, Maybe overstate, but combo like a Scotty Pippen and a Dennis Rodman, and that he doesn't get tired, and he has a nose for the ball. Yeah, and he does all the things that nobody else really wants to do. The rebound. Yeah, he can the rebound. Hustle, he can pass. The blocking and, out. Yeah, and, and to see him have a good year is a huge reward because he. I know he struggled a little bit last year. Didn't and, he have that injury to his elbow? Yeah, you know he's a McDonald's All American, which comes with a certain amount of baggage um, to have that label put on you because everybody expects you're going to be the next world. And a lot of his yeah. peers. Uh, played one year or less. And one, and, one, and one and done. Okay, um, so he kind of had that expectation, and then he had a, an injury. He had a severe nerve injury in his arm and had surgery, and it uh, went okay, but it had, it's never really healed. Will it ever get better? And uh, I, Possibly, but it's, it'll be a while. Mm. Uh, but there's a guy that had one of his parts of his skill set, because in high school he was an unbelievable shooter. Oh, yeah? And uh, you huh. go back on YouTube and watch him play, and you'll be like, whoa, he's a great shooter. Um but when his shooting became a little rough because of the nerve injury, he just said, look, i got to pick it up on the other other parts of the game. Huh. And uh, he's done it. This year, he's, he's really done that. So. Yeah, he has got uh, lots of skills. It's, he's uh, the glue. It's amazing. What I liked about yesterday's game was we have so many weapons now. Yeah. You know, if, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. if, Z, if Zurich's having a bad game, we're not in, tr- in trouble. Yeah, you know, you got Harris. He's going to play good. You got Wright, Ricardo. I mean, Ricardo yesterday was just off like, the bench for twenty six. Twenty six. <laughs> Odds of he him being that so. dude going into this year were, if you would ask a lot of people, they would have said, I don't think so. Yeah, no. be somebody else. Be feeling. He's twenty six. Rolling pine yesterday. Yeah, uh, and he's been doing that. Uh, if you, if you, I don't know you've been by practice or two, but he he, he does that in practice often. I mean, he can really really play and really really find the bucket. Um, but we're, you're right. We, we have depth that we yeah. have not had in many, many years. And I know. So we know. You bring in some parts. If one of them's struggling, somebody will pick it up. What I loved, loved about the last couple of games, last couple of home games, the Moody Magic feels like it's back. I mean, it's, yeah. it's loud. It's ticking. I up. mean, Memphis last night was loud and full, full house. Yeah. I mean, take imagine next year. <laughs> imagine oh. instead, instead of playing uh, Memphis here. We're playing Duke. Or, yeah, Duke, or, or Carolina, U- Wade, U- Georgia Tech, Syracuse, everybody rolling in here. It's going to be amazing. I mean, it's going to be just yeah, wild. Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. <laughs> the list is long. It's yeah. long. Clemson. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> long and loud. And, and so, you're going to – I mean, this is this is one of the ba- best Cracker Jack arenas in the country. I you know, there again, you've been to a lot of arenas, a lot of arenas. Uh, this is up there. I don't know if you saw Rick Pitino the other day. Did you see that? Somebody told me about it. Rick Pitino, they said, listen, give me the 10 toughest places to play. And I think this was six or seven. Really? 
Yeah, I mean, he was listening to Cameron and uh, Allen Fieldhouse, and he included Moody Coliseum in his top ten, the toughest places when he was at Louisville. I'll be darned. He, and, uh, his halftime interview, I don't know if you, you were probably in here and didn't see it, uh, he said he thought SMU was a religious school when he, <laughs> when, when he showed up. And, and, that, well, that, and also, that was back when, you can't do this anymore, but that was, the students used to be behind the, yeah. the visitor's bench. Yeah. And they were just, they were all they over were them. I've yeah, heard they were all over I've heard, heard they were they all over They don't do that. They switch that up. Yeah, yeah. And now, I was sitting here thinking last night that it would be good to have that back again, to have a right <laughs> the visitor's bench. So, was that a rule of the, of the, of the conference to do that? I think the conference started that. And so, yeah, you can't do that anymore. But uh, so this place is rough. This place is full. I mean, Duke does that. Don't they have the, all their other madmen behind the bench there? Their camera, you, you, it, it switched. So, like, they yeah. shoot the camera, like, behind us so they'd see – Imagine if this was a student section. Oh, okay. So, yeah. it, it so they're not they're different. not they're not behind the bench. Yeah, this would be the student section. Yeah. Oh, got Cameron. it. Got yeah. it. Didn't so, it, I think the architect that built Cameron built this, right? No. It's either that or it's modeled after. And you know, now yeah. when they redid this, uh, you couldn't have the slope anymore. It's too steep. You got grandfathered in. It's just too yeah. steep. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the sight lines are good, and you're I mean you're just on top. That's what yeah, it's so darn loud in here. That's why it's so um, loud. It's really loud here. So when this place is full, it's hard to win here. Well, we're showing it this year. What, so, what's our record this year? Nine straight, thirteen and two this year at home. Is that yeah. right? Yes, pretty strong. Mm-hmm. That is pretty really strong. good. I mean, we are yeah. Moody Magic is back. I mean, uh, when Larry Brown was coaching here, it was off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then we then we had the lull through the Jank era, and then uh, and now Lanier's building us back up. How do you, how would you compare Lanier with Larry Brown as a coach? Style and whatnot. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Uh, well, one, I mean, you're comparing uh, a, a terrific coach, but Larry's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And still the, still the only guy that's won an NCAA title and an NBA title, uh, which I don't know. Some, somebody might do that one day, but it may, it's going to be a while. Kevin Allen just got hired by the Nets. Uh, okay. <laughs> he could do it. He played for Brown in yep. the NBA. Um, <laughs> they're, they're different for sure. Uh, because you, you go to practices a lot. I go to practice four or five times a week. Yeah, yeah you go. I get really up good. in the morning. It's it's good for me because they, they practice early in the morning. So I get up and go to practice, and then I go to work. Okay. So it works out for my schedule. But um, Larry Brown was as – he was such a maestro of running practice, but they were different. And by that I mean he never let the guys play more than about 30 seconds continually without stopping. In practice? Ever. Out of probably 200 practices, I never saw the kids compete for more than 30, 35 seconds. No kidding. No scrimmaging. I mean, they would scrimmage, but he'd stop because he saw something wrong. And he would stop and make a correction. Every time. So the players would get frustrated because they, uh, they want to get loose. They want to go, 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 go. And almost never would it go more than one or two trips up the court. And he would stop, play, and he would point out something. And he was so meticulous in his attention to detail and he had a radar he had a radar that i've never seen in another coach by that he would see something on this end of the court and in the same possession he had also identified something at the other end you know 40 50 feet away and you're like how did he Hmm. how did he notice that mistake and that mistake Hmm. and oh yeah that mistake and his radar for seeing mistakes (laughs) was unbelievable and sometimes, as a coach, you'll, you'll see a mistake, but you think, oh, there's momentum. Let's let it go. I'll address right, it later. Right. Not Coach Brown. He would stop play, point out the mistakes in an effort to just eliminate them and iron them out. And so, you know, a lot, a lot of kids can play for that kind of style because you get frustrated. But he, he could also was, maintain the, the That was from his point, point guard days when he was 
Probably. I mean, um, he was one of the greatest point guards. I saw him play in the yeah. ABA, and it was just – he was just I never saw him play. I've read about him a ton. Yeah, he was And I great. got to know him. But uh, uh, So he ran a very meticulous practice. No, Rob's practices are equally as intense for sure, particularly on the defensive end. But he'll let the kids play. And, and it's not that he will overlook mistakes, but he will let them play to get up a flow. Um, and, and, you know, Larry, if you took a bad shot, <laughs> you might not play for a month. You're out. I mean, he just that was like the cardinal sin. Yeah, that's funny. And, uh, and, and you know, Rob. I never, of, I never ever heard the more voracious use of the word in my life. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> is there a beep? And, the, and the, that is where we is there a beep on this thing? Yeah. I mean, this, my, do, my, one and my, done. my dozens, <laughs> our dozens of our dozens of fans are going to like the, you know, bring a little character, uh, a little color to this. Dozens of fans. Uh, he was articulate. Let's say that and colorful. Uh, he was colorful. I think his, the boys loved him. Rob is not, not that, that that way. Rob yeah. is intense, uh, and he will make and he will do everything in his power to make demand that the kids. Uh, Play hard, um, but Rob is is, is founded on principle. Hmm. I mean, his principles and his appreciation for character and values—I've not seen anything like that. All and, coaches and, have some degree of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rob's basketball—I mean, who am I to judge—is out, is outstanding. There's no question. But his desire through character and principle and values. And the constant surfacing of those in the moment and in practice and after practice and before practice. He Rob really wants these kids to be better at life and to have a better life. <laughs> to, well, don't you think it's obvious on the team, especially as the season is gone? I mean, they play as a family. No question. I mean, they don't want to let down their teammates. Yeah. Which I think is is a bit rare in college basketball. And you know, there's all the one and done guys and they're yeah, just yeah. they're just thinking about the next show. But you look at that bench. And they're pulling for each other in a huge way. You know, that, that family term, you see it everywhere. Right? It's a kind of, kind of cliche. There's always a term in college basketball, if you watch on TV. You know, one year it was physicality. Yeah. Physicality, the team's got to have physicality, physicality. Yeah. One year it was length. Somebody That's woke right. up one day and said, we're not going to talk about being tall anymore. We're going to talk length. about being long. And they yeah. would say, this team has a lot of length. I've noticed this year the word is connected. Every time you watch a game, they're going to talk about this team is connected, it's connected, but it's a cliche. This team is connected. Huh. And for them, it's not a cliche. It, it really is a value. And that's, they that's, love that's, each that's other. That's got to be Rob. And that, you could you put think? family on T-shirts. You could put family on the back of your warm-ups. You could say one, two, three, family. But look, to really instill what it means to be a family uh, is another level. And yeah. it's non-negotiable. And so these guys are connected. <laughs> And I, think I it's love that. Off. It's I love off. that. I mean, you know, you, so. you know, you see Hudson come in, for example, and yeah. you know, Turtle, yeah. <laughs> Turtle, <laughs> <laughs> El Tortuga <laughs> Grande, <laughs> and uh, I don't even know what that means, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the big yeah, turtle. Or, or, but the big turtle. What are they calling that? The big turtle. I don't know, but that's his nickname. Oh, Ninja Turtle. Uh, well, I'm not big, sure where it came from. That's funny. Yeah, uh, but he's had the name his whole life, and that's every, no one calls him Jaheem. Everybody calls him Turtle, except for the announcers, <laughs> and they call him Jaheem. But uh, Turtle, I don't know. The, Jaheem's a good kid. We, I, I took him out to dinner for uh, a life after ball, and he is a fine young man. Kind of like what you're getting back as far as Rob attracting kids yeah. with, good, with good character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, I agree. I think that's rare, and I love uh, it. And you know, family also has a lot of trends. Transparency. Rob will tell you the truth. 
but they've learned to receive the truth. Mm. And then also they're transparent back. So they communicate to him, to coach. Uh, they're transparent back, and they're able to deal with that at kind of a mature level. But, um, you know, good family can do that. Bad family doesn't tell you no, the I, truth. I agree with that. I don't want to like, more community. Am I looking like Noah right now? <laughs> <laughs> Until you're under the boat, <laughs> rolling around. Has he ever, ever used that boat again? No, it ended up on the side of the mountain. <laughs> they're trying to build it somewhere now and charge five bucks to go see it. So <laughs> They're trying to rebuild it? Somewhere, yeah. They, they, you think that's the real boat? <laughs> I do not. I don't either. <laughs> the, the growth from year one and year one took some lumps, yeah. and that was that was tough at times tough to watch. But now they've they're, I think they either hit the twenty one mark yesterday or they are now at nineteen. What were the little things that you saw switch? And for me, watching the couple times I've been to practice, yeah. I think connection and them buying into receiving the truth has really been the key. Player development is key, is yeah. important as well, but it just seems like they bought into truly what he's trying to accomplish with them as a group on the floor. Yeah, well, you know, they, these guys they, they have a, a platform to instruct, but to instruct the kids, they got to listen—not kids, but I don't want to call them kids, but the players—they've um, they have to a listen and be dialed in and pay attention. It's easy to be distracted, but once they listen, they got to they got to buy in. And that's the difference. I think you know, last year they, they were listening. But this year they have bought in, and you start believing ah what they're telling me, what the staff's telling me, what we see in the pregame, what we see in the scouting reports. They start to believe and buy into that. Then the execution goes up a little bit, um, and they're 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 buying into his concepts, his principles, the way they're playing defense. Uh, you watch these kids play defense; it's hard to get a shot off. Uh, oh, they swarm. Yeah. They're very disruptive. Yeah. Um, and so all those things, and, and we're, we're deeper, we're deeper, and the players are more confident, but they're sharing the ball. Uh, you know, yesterday, two or three times, it was just textbook with one or two extra passes. Which I love. It, it was, to the yeah, it, man. That was one of my biggest complaints about the team last year, was they didn't have that. It was kind of a one on five. Yeah. But I think we had 30 assists. In 28 the, on 35 made baskets. Which I'm pretty sure that's the number. Pretty, that's pretty sick. 106 points, most in an AAC game. They reset the record they set in 2017 against Memphis. No kidding. Oh, no kidding. So, huh. sen- this, sending a fact man here. I love this. See, well, he, he's, there's, he, there's nothing better than dropping. SMU beating Memphis <laughs> in basketball in particular, and yeah, you know, honing in on that in the last regular yeah. season meeting. A lot of people. Um, but they're you know they're they're sharing the ball, and so you see guys that can score, but they know that more than just their own ability to score, if they get a little bit better shot from sharing one more pass. It, it pays off for the team, uh, and so you'll see them buying into that, and then they're they're, they're rebounding like crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many offensive boards we had yesterday it against a the team. It's a lot, a lot, a lot longer. longer. A lot longer. You got the link. Yeah. Yeah. has link, but uh, I just love it. When, I, I love it when the the end of the bench white guy comes in and shoots the three and buries it to Jackson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the was team, that was an team, ovation. The team way. went wild. They were throwing cups of water in the air and just going nuts. It was fun. <laughs> you know who was mad? Who it was Coach Hardaway? From Memphis. Oh, he thought we were uh, putting on uh, points on him or something? Yeah. Like? yeah, he thought it was disrespectful. So there were about 25 seconds left on the shot clock. Well, first of all, Jackson's not a walk-on anymore. He's a scholarship player. They put him on scholarship sure. mid-year. Oh, no kidding. And look, with those guys, as hard as they work to practice, when they get a moment to play, yeah, it's, real hard. Of a game. it's really hard to talk them into just dribbling the timeout. And that they get one opportunity, and he, he let it fly. 
I don't even remember years ago when John Wilfong dunked. I remember oh, that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Man, Against Memphis. This, this roof just got, it went nuts. fell off. Yeah. Memphis, I mean, Memphis it, kid, I think. It may have been. I can't remember who it was he, against, but he. No, he. Wilfong, oh, Wilfong is he, a Memphis kid. Okay, yes. Yeah. 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 His, That's his, right. he his is father and grandfather now. played yeah. for Memphis. Yep. Um, but uh, when he dunked, you know, this place went crazy. And I have not heard it that loud for a, you know, for a, you know, a walk-on type play like that since yesterday. It was awesome. It was so awesome. And the best thing is seeing the kids on the bench. Just oh, my God. They went team. nuts. There's your family they right love there. That. There's your connection. They want to see these other guys succeed. And, um, so that's fun. It was, it was a good day. I love it. Well, listen, I think it's uh, – I don't want to go on too long. We could do a whole other podcast of what it's like <laughs> to be in a board, in a board meeting. <laughs> at SMU. We got to get the beeper out, though. I know. With you, man. They might, Mix that in with your they might, they might move me off the board. Oh, we, we have how many ministers, pastors on the board? Four or five? Counting yeah, you? several. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald runs a good program, and they're talking about connection or connectivity. I mean, the, the, board, the, the, the board is, I mean, the, for Mustang Nation out there, they don't appreciate how well-organized, how in sync the board is. Oh, and look. I mean, I look around the boardroom and, I, you know, there's, there's Ray Hunt and there's Laura Bush. And then there's, you know, all these like champions of industry. Yeah. And yeah. my favorite pastors in there. <laughs> and uh, by the way, you rock the prayers at board meetings. <laughs> it's practice. <laughs> you and, you and Richie Butler get in contests. About I've had to, we do. We I do. Know. We're very competitive. We're very competitive. <laughs> and so when he prays, I think, oh, I got to get my A game tomorrow. Uh, I, I liked it that one day we had the, but, uh, we had a Zoom call and Richie and you were both on the phone and, and Richie <laughs> said something and you go, that was nice words from the second best pastor on this call. <laughs> <laughs> very competitive. <laughs> no, but you know, though, I didn't, uh, first of all, let me say it is a ridiculous privilege for me to be on the board. <laughs> I look around and think, you know, who doesn't belong here? Um, <laughs> I, I thought that about, my, about I really myself. I, so I feel totally in, in, inadequate, so I'm blessed, and it's a giant privilege. But um, I didn't know, and now I have such an appreciation for how hard they work and how mm-hmm. much they love their school. I mean, you figure, okay, they love their school, they wouldn't do it, but it may just be a rubber stamp type deal. No, 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 they're all in. Yeah, they are. And you take about all those great minds in that room and all that wisdom and all that success, and they love SMU. They and, do. and they will do anything to uh, protect and to advance SMU. So I've, I've been kind of overwhelmed by their um, just their fierce commitment to the work. So, they do the work. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. in, it's in fact, if you don't do the work, you stand out as you haven't done the work. Don't you think? <laughs> yes. I mean, it feels like, you yeah. know, you, you get like, Gene Cox sit there and start bringing up like little minutia of some fifty-page deal. I'm thinking, read that. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean. I mean <laughs> anyway, I, I want the nation to hear that because it really does. It is such a incredibly great part of the kind of the. They don't appreciate how great the trustees. Oh, are I mean, it's, yeah. So yeah. Combination of wisdom and commitment. Pretty Love strong it. stuff. Well, brother, thank you so much for, hey, doing, for, look, for doing this. this. Wait, wait, I heard it. Could you yeah, tell me, could, could you share the story about how you became chaplain oh, yeah. to SMU? Yeah, but we have time? Sure. Oh. If it's sitting uh, very good, I'll just edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's kind of crazy. I, I walked out of, you know, our campus is on the southwest corner of the, of the college's campus. And I walked out of my office one day, and there was an assistant coach named Jerry Hobby. 
uh, who I had known before he worked for Coach Doherty. And um, I knew him because I came to the games, but I didn't have any kind of formal connection to the team. And Jerry said, hey, Coach Brown wants to meet you. And I thought, oh, like the Larry Brown wants to – how awesome is that? And so I got in his car. We drove over to the Crumb Center and went to Coach Brown's office. Well, we went in, and he was in a meeting, and so I waited outside. And the meeting went on and on and on and on and on. I thought, I got to go back to work. And so I told Jerry, I said, I said, Coach, I got to go back to work, so just call me when he's free later. And so I go back to the church, and then he calls me later that night, and he goes, look, you don't need to come back, but Coach Brown wants you to uh, pray in the locker room tomorrow night. They were playing Tulane, I think. And I said, oh, you know, it'd be awesome. So I show up the next day, and they have a little credential for me, and I go in the locker room, never met Coach Brown, and I walk in the, the locker room. And Coach Brown shakes my hand, and he pulls me into the middle of all the players. And all 15 players are staring at me. And Coach Brown's Jewish. And, and I was going to say, and, I, no, I was going to I think he's yeah. – and, shouldn't he pull a rabbi yeah, in? Yeah, and, well, he's Jewish, and I think he thought I was Catholic because he looks at me, and he goes, okay, he goes, all right, gentlemen, eyes up. He said, I've invited Father Paul to <laughs> – He goes, I've invited Father Paul to talk with y'all tonight. And I'm thinking – talk and you're just like and you're just like ice cold like you're just like what i had just walked look and i said no no coach hobby told me i was gonna pray so i literally had like a very simple because i'm thinking he's jewish uh what does he want and i'm thinking so so i had a very simple dear god don't let us get hurt let us play hard amen go that was the prayer i had written in my head yeah i was gonna keep it very simple and he goes i've asked father paul to talk with y'all and i'm thinking wait a minute talk what does that mean uh for about what uh, how long uh, does he want it religious? Does he want it not religious? Does he want it about basketball? Does he want, what? I, I had no direction, no pay, no instructions, nothing. So I'm looking at Hall of Famer Larry Brown. I'm looking at 15 guys staring at me, and he goes, "He he's here to talk to y'all." And so I just started making some stuff up. <laughs> Literally, just Nick Moore, Marcus Kennedy, yes. you know that. Yes, that, yeah. yes. Oh Sterling Brown and. <laughs> I started, uh, so I'm looking out there and I, I started making some stuff of it. I started talking about maximizing the gifts that God gave you. And, you know, and, and I, in my head, I was thinking, just keep it short, keep it short. And so I talked for about five minutes and then I wrapped it up and I prayed. And they go out and not because of my talk, but they win the game. And after the game, Coach Brown pulls me aside. He goes, I want you to do that every game from now on. Stop it. Every game. So from that moment on, this was all 13, 14 years ago, whatever. Uh, he gave me uh, six minutes. He gave me six minutes in a wow. pregame talk in the locker room, home and road, if I wanted, uh, to address the team oh, with wow. no instruction. He never told me what to say, what to talk about. He never told me to keep it religious, not religious. He literally, and he later told me that when he was at North Carolina, that uh, they always had a, a chaplain. And that, uh, and he, he said so, but he never gave me, he never censored me. He never told me what to talk about. And not, we, I never planned out. So I had a pregame talk with all the time while he was here. And then when he left, uh, Coach Jankovic was kind enough to keep me around in that same role. And then now, you know, Rob has been unbelievable. Uh, my role's a little bit different, um, but it's he well, was also kind enough to let me stick around. So it all started, though, when he said, I've asked Father Paul to talk to you. Father Paul. Did, did, Coach, did Coach Brown ever I find guess. out that you are not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and he, he and I used to walk the Katy Trail a lot. Yeah. And so we actually. You used to walk with Coach Hobby all the time. And we used to have a lot. We actually had a lot of theological talks and about his Jewish upbringing. And so he was, wow. he was, he was pretty open about that. And so it was, it was fun. He and one of the cool it. things about being a chaplain is that you are, you're dealing with folks that are not all Christian. And so, yeah, you have to honor that and respect that. you got folks that are agnostic, atheist, you know, 
Hindu, Muslim, could be everything. So you really got to treat that with great respect. But um, he was fun to talk to. About. Yeah, Coach Brown taught me how to ask better questions. You you didn't really ever dare look ahead to the if you were going to talk to the you know media on Monday and they played Tulane on Thursday, but you know matchup against UConn was Saturday night. There'd be some couple TV reporters that uh-huh, would come in and be uh-huh. Coach. I know you got Tulane, but uh, UConn's coming <laughs> in here, and he would go. Off, really, and just for, for, uh, for looking past it, yeah. <laughs> be like, I mean, Tulane's game. got such and such who should be yeah. an All American, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He used to roast, roast you a know, couple of us. He was, uh, I know he's a very complex, <laughs> complex guy, complex coach, but a master of wisdom yeah. in a lot of areas of life, no doubt about it. And uh, but Rob, I hey, did, did the boys point. reach out to you, uh, yeah, to, to mentor them at all? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Huh. Um, you have to be around a lot. That's why I go to practice because you have to have a trust factor. That takes mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't just trust you because you got chaplain on your card or whatever. They could give a riff that I met the second largest Methodist church. They don't care. <laughs> um, they don't want to know do I trust the guy. Mm-hmm. And and you know the deal is if you think about it, these 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 young men, they have experts in their life in every field. If, if they're if their grades are struggling, they have academic people to help them. They have tutors. Um, if their body is hurting. They have trainers and physicians. When they need basketball expertise, they got the best coaches on the planet. Um, but there's something outside of that where they got the same questions about life and mortality. And if, if they lose a loved one, their sure. parents die, their brother's in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they have issues about the greater questions of life. And there's really no one around to talk about that stuff. And so that's where it's helpful. And, that's where it's nice because you get to build up a really nice relationship with them. And then when they have issues that are outside of, you know, what kind of screen do I sell? They will call you. They'll give you a buzz. Cool. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's the most awesome. rewarding thing ever. I'll tell you what. You know what? The, the team and SMU is blessed to have you around. Yeah. It really is fantastic. Overrated, but I love what I do. I, I really enjoy our friendship. So, me too, brother. I'm, I'm, you know, it's just, it's, it's always really fun. I mean, so. I never never in my life thought I would – my favorite pastor be also one of my best friends. <laughs> hey, no, right back at you, man. Right I love back it. at well, you. Well, thank you for doing this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. You keep me educated. Thank you. So. I try. All right. So. Tune again. I'm not sure when our next guys, one's going to be. Or who's yeah. gonna, we, we can't top this. Pony time. up. Yeah, pony up. That's the only way to end it, right? <laughs> yeah, pony Thanks up. for listening, guys. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at on3SMU. And keep it locked to ontheponyexpress.com for more coverage.